So last time me and Hayes met was seven years ago, but we actually had a reunion now happening in June, and we're going to tell all about it in this episode. Hey there, music makers. I'm Hayes Griffin. I'm Magnus Sedlund. And welcome to the Mandolin Secrets Podcast, a show where we take a deeper look at what's happening in the world of mandolin secrets. Each episode, we're going to tackle some questions of the week, unpack the latest mandolin secrets lessons, and answer your questions about mandolin guitar and all things music. But this week, we've actually got a bit of a special episode, like Magnus said in our hook there. Uh, we're, we're going to be talking about my trip to Sweden. Um, Magnus and I haven't seen each other in person for seven years, people. And it, that was, you know, seven years way too long. So um, we're going to talk about some of the the kind of vibes that we caught from from being over in Sweden for midsummer and some of the festivals we got to go to and all the friends that we got to meet. Um, but before we dive into the discussion about all that, be sure to head to mandolinsecrets.com forward slash podcast to sign up for reminders about our upcoming streams and episodes. If you can't tune in live, never fear, just search Mandolin Secrets Podcast on your favorite podcast platform and subscribe to get updates when we release a new episode. I think it also would also be interesting because I think people are now also questioning, okay, but how did you then meet each other seven years ago? <laughs> and um, <laughs> just to quickly start in that end, you, Hayes, were here touring with April Verge Band, right? You got and it, man. And this wasn't even your the first time in Sweden. How many times have you been to Sweden? I... I keep losing track, but I'm pretty sure that this last time was the sixth time that mm-hmm. I've visited Sweden in total. Yeah. Um, you're, you're pretty common to this this uh, <laughs> country, then. Or... Yeah, it's a. Uh, I have definitely fallen in love with Sweden over the years, and there's a reason that we kept coming back all those times. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and uh, so me and Hayes played at the same festival. Uh, there and uh, we well very quickly were fond of each other's uh, was jamming and long long evening into the late night i remember exactly but that's way many many years ago and who could knew that we would like because i mean last for the last two years we have will at least meet once a week even if it's only like an zoom call or a digital meeting or what to call it yeah it's it's really funny to kind of think that we met in person once but we've really gotten to know each other over skype <laughs> you know I, yeah so i remember when i picked you up at the at the train station now in june i said it's kind of like or i imagine it's kind of like for people doing like internet dating they have got they got to know each other so intense over the like calls like this and chatting and writing emails and then finally you're gonna meet in person what is it gonna be like (laughs) exactly you never know absolutely it's like it's like you look nothing like you did on on the pictures (laughs) you you don't you your playing sucks man yeah Exactly. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you th- your recording must be edited. This is not what you what you sound like on the recording. 
<laughs> well, just to get that out of the way, I can yeah. totally dispel that myth. Magnus sounds just as great in person as he does on the internet, everyone. So it was a total <laughs> blast to actually finally meet that way. Yeah, it was it was it was a total blast and I remember that first evening you came to to us and also you brought the sun to Sweden. Yes, that, <laughs> that was worth it. Only, only the sun. But yeah, we were sitting in the garden, just picking tunes, and we were preparing the midsummer repertoire. Exactly, which is, yeah. I was pretty excited about that before the trip, anyways, because I had never been to Sweden in midsummer. Um, you mm. know, I think most folks know if they know anything about Swedish culture coming from like the states or anything. Midsummer mm. is something that that pops up yeah. because. Everybody is, associates, you know, Scandinavia with darkness in the winter. But this is mm -hmm. the one time a year, right, when it's the longest Absolutely. day and yeah. everybody celebrates. And it's mm. it, it was, you know, it lived up to the expectations. Um, mm. Yeah. So, yeah. I, even I have to say it was one of my best midsummer parties. Um, and it's the... Well, we had a, uh, it was a very good setup with lot, lots of friends, uh, lots of music, um, and the sunny weather, a lot of good food. And, yeah, oh, and yeah, it, was, it was in one of those, for Americans too, if you've seen pictures of Sweden, it was in a, one of those big old Swedish farmhouses that mm -hmm. was painted falu red. Yeah. And, uh, and it was right next to a lake and there were kids running around swimming and everyone was mm -hmm. laughing and drinking and having a good time and dancing yeah. around the maypole or the midsummer pole, I guess you call it there. Yeah. Yeah. Midsummer pole. And, and also I remember we prepared a, cause it was actually you and me leading the dance there. And I, 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 and I, I remember you and me being in the middle, just by the midsummer pole. People are dancing here and making all this, like grown-up people, kids, and old people, every every age basically. And I was just looking, and I, and I, I suddenly got like an outside perspective of it and think. This is pretty weird what we're doing, but I also I, I couldn't more than laugh laugh about uh, it. Sort of small grood and a small yeah. grood and <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yes, that's great, so, man. Yeah, there's also a good example of how Hayes actually got a. I think it's his his music ear, but he's really good at languages also. Yeah. Turned out. Yeah. Well, thanks for saying that, man. I've been uh like i said practicing my duolingo for the next trip over there so <laughs> mm. yeah uh. and i want to also bring us back to one memory because we had um uh, <clears throat> being here at the swedish midsummer all that and then i also I, I i was really excited of course to show something like this to my american friends because it's it's such an yeah it's a special thing happening here but uh, then i also found out that there's a bluegrass festival not too far from where i live and i've been there a couple of times but um, i mean it, it's not really my home ground being at a bluegrass festival but i knew hayes was gonna love it i i i even said he, you're gonna be like the fish in the water there <laughs> and i think he the way i saw it that that was exactly what happened 
Yeah, it well, it was kind of funny because using your fish and water analogy, going to a Swedish bluegrass festival, I didn't know if I was going to be like a freshwater fish in salt water, if you know uh-huh. what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. man, the the level of players at Tursaker was amazing i think mm. any american would have would have come over there and i mean what did i say after that first night of jamming it's like i think i want to move here <laughs> yeah yes yeah i remember you saying that i had a great <laughs> jam that night and and i think also we were talking about the level of, of these players because this this is people that are dedicated to playing bluegrass music uh, like with a yeah they're they're all into bluegrass music absolutely and we got to talk about the uh, tell me if i say his name wrong but jimmy sunbrandt right yeah yeah uh, yeah jimmy sunbrandt i think yeah sunbrandt yeah Mm. so jimmy for um, the americans listen out there he actually played some fiddle and bass with the legendary bluegrass musician james king in the united states so yeah um, the guy running this festival, it's not like some kind of like foreign third party perspective in bluegrass. Like this guy lived in Virginia and his family made trips over when he was a kid and all sort of stuff. So mm. they like know bluegrass music, you know? Yeah. Um, it, yeah, it was this, crazy. Yeah. And that brings me back to when we were, you, we were there jamming and there was this man coming up to us. Hey, can I listen for a while? And he, he, he was stopped stop uh, started talking with us and it turned to be the guy who founded blue shock uh two shocker bluegrass festival and that was a jimmy's father Leif. so um, the festival has been around for quite a while the bluegrass music has been very present in this small village and ob- obviously a, a guy like jimmy has grown up with this from from when he's we also met his younger brother, who's now like 15, 16 years old, playing, yeah, very beautiful. Already turned into a great fiddle player, right? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and it was uh, it was really, really good time there. I also got a very, I got a, um, like, inspirational boost for bluegrass music, really. Yeah. So I well, in, even... in the, to... yeah, go ahead. No, sorry. I you. I was gonna say the 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 one of the main inspirational points to kind of piggyback off of that statement was meeting Andra Kozak. Mm-hmm. There was an amazing Czech guitar, mandolin, and fiddle player. I, Andra mm. could probably play anything. Mm. Um, but Magnus and I, the first night that we were there, we got into a jam session with all the musicians that were playing there that night, yeah. and Andra was was one of them, mm-hmm. and. Uh, Ended up bringing him back to your studio there and yeah. recording some videos that we're going to release, and mm. we really hit it off and became friends. But um, yeah, just another, was... yeah, uh, another kind of extremely inspirational figure that mm-hmm. I honestly didn't expect to find over there. It's no. you know what I mean. No, <laughs> me neither. And I know, I have followed Ondra for a couple of years because I've seen him. He's a quite big um, like bluegrass name in the European circuits, at least. Yes, absolutely. And, and he was heading for another bluegrass festival in Oslo the week after it. But I we we yeah, somehow realized that he had some time off for sightseeing and things like that. And I said, 
drop by the studio and it was it was fantastic really nice guy and an amazing player so uh, happy to share some videos with that here very soon yeah there might even be someone out when we're releasing the podcast i'm not sure but thanks so much onra for for dropping by and making music with us yeah it's good to have a new friend (laughs) Mm -hmm. also one thing i want to point out when we're talking so uh, it was really nice meeting you, Hayes, and it was also really nice meeting your mandolin. You brought your red <laughs> diamond here, and I, I, I just, um, um, well, well, I, I think a quick way to summarize it, it this is that made me realize I want to upgrade my mandolin as well because it was so good. And it was, well, it's, that that instrument is another level than the instruments I have here. So um, it was, um, yeah, really fun. And I think also interesting with that mandolin is it was when I played, when I tried it myself, having the the mandolin in in my lap, sort of, it felt good, it played well and everything. But I could feel the big difference when I played in an ensemble environment among, uh, with you or at the festival being around this. That was, uh, then I realized how, yeah, there is, there was like space in the air for this tone somehow. I'm, I can't. I, I think mm. I know what you mean because mm. I remember the first time I sat down to play in a jam session after I got the mandolin, there was a mm. banjo there. And that's oh. always, to me, to me, that's the test. Yeah. You know, if it, if yeah. an, if an instrument's gonna, gonna keep up, you know, a banjo is a good kind of uh, litmus test for it. And mm. it was that, that thing that you just talked about, like I could play one note that competed with the entire sound of the banjo on that mm. instrument, you know, it's like everything, yeah just cuts straight through and Mm. it's honestly it was really great to hear you play the instrument people always say this right like i i'm standing behind it the whole time so i never get to hear it from out front but i think Mm. hearing you play it in those Mm. videos that we did with andra and at the jam Mm. sessions we did Mm. it it confirmed my kind of thoughts about the tone of it too yeah yes very 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 impressive instrument and very nice experience for me that haven't played that many like top level mandolins and instruments in this caliber sort of so yeah really really pleasant thing so i'm actually in contact with um don mcrusty who builds the red diamond mandolins and uh, who knows what the future will will bring (laughs) Yeah, that, that uh, my trip could have been a really expensive trip for Magnus. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll we'll see what what the future has in in the. Oh, what's the American expression for that? Yeah, yeah. Like, what the future holds. You what know? the future holds. That's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I want to end the, the this little short uh, bonus episode also with what actually ended your stay here. Yes. I mean, th- th- there's a bunch of things we haven't talked about, but we, we can't <laughs> leave this without talking about Bing Sjöstemman. Absolutely. Uh, and, uh, well, first of all, Bing Sjöstemman is one of the biggest fiddle camps sort of here in, 
I don't know if a fiddle can. It's a spelmanstämma. Fiddler's camp, maybe. I'm, I don't know how to yeah. translate it, but... And it's located very close to where I live. And me and Hayes had an entire day there. We also made a little performance at one of the stages, playing with some other, like, guitar and uh, lute players and uh, all that. But w- what is your experience of the Binghu Stemman? Yeah, Binghu Stemman was... I think if if there are Americans listening, the closest thing that I could compare it to would be like what we call a fiddler's convention over here or a fiddler's meeting. Because mm-hmm. like Galax Fiddler's Convention in Virginia is one of the biggest ones. And I think it's it's similar. There's just picture hundreds of, of fiddle players standing together and breaking out into little jam sessions, playing all of the traditional music from that region, right? Like that's kind mm. of the the vibe of it. Only yeah. the cool the cool thing about Binghu Stemmon, which I get the sense that most of the Spielmann Stemmon are like this, uh, you've got your special outfits that you wear over there, right? Yeah. Your, your your wool suits, you know? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for, the folklore for, costumes, sort of. Yeah, yeah. Or dresses, the, the, maybe, what we'll call it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, it, they kind of look like almost like Civil War era, like... <laughs> you know, costumes or something like that. It's really yeah. cool to see. Mm-hmm. Um, but the experience was great. Like Magnus and I, after we got done playing our set, we walked around the kind of campsite and there were just small jam sessions everywhere. But one of the biggest things that I thought that had, that left a huge impression on me was when we went to that small barn where they were yeah. dancing the Polska. Yeah. Um, mm. yeah. So for anyone that's heard Polska out there, it's kind of like the stereotypical type of like Swedish fiddle tune, right? Like mm. they're in three, three uh, meter. Yeah. Um, but seeing the dance that people did to accompany the tunes absolutely mm. made the tunes make sense. You know, it, mm. it like brought the the whole picture into focus for like what yeah. Swedish traditional folk music is. Yeah. For me. So that was yeah. a really great experience. Yeah. Also that, that was an, that is an like one of the the strongest memories from this summer when we went into this barn and it was crowded with people and the, the dance floor was packed really and there were maybe ten fiddle players on the stage just um, well knocking it out sort of and yeah exactly <laughs> yeah and I remember then we went home. That came home to my house in the middle of the night, three o'clock or something like that. And we woke up early next morning at seven. I drove you to the train station. And I think it kind of summarized the whole, uh, those two weeks in a good way. Filled with music, a little bit like, um, almost like you're a little bit high on the music, sort of. Absolutely. um, it was uh, sweaty, it was warm, and uh, I was exhausted after two weeks, but it was so much fun. And I'm, I'm just longing for the next time we can do it again. I think so, yeah. it's uh, Like I said, my wife and I are already planning on, on same time next year, so, you know, block yeah. it out, right? That yeah. is music, music to my ears. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, folks, that is about Magnus and Hayes' reunion. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to hear more about the podcast, just go to the website mandolinsecrets.com forward slash podcast. 
Hayes, why don't you say the, the magic words to the community yeah, right. and we'll wrap this up. <laughs> all right, folks, you know the drill. Be a music maker. Mm-hmm.